Thomas? Michael! Buddy, I'm going to start off by giving you some grief. Remember a couple days ago, you've been yelling at me and saying that, I don't know, because I don't go to movie theaters, right? Right. I think you had me admit that I haven't been to a movie theater. Don't tell me. You went to the movies? No, I didn't go to the movies. But listen to this, my friend. I saw a movie that just came on cable recently, one of those premium channels. Listen to me. This movie Uh came out less than a year ago. It had a, the guy that played the lead, Gary Oldman, won Academy Award. He was fantastic. Now, look, this wasn't a movie that set box office records, but boy, I'm telling you, it was a great movie. It's called The Darkest Hour, and it's about a period in May of 1940 when Hitler had just taken over France, was about to hit on England, and Churchill has to—it's all about Churchill— and how he has to pull together the country and how people in his own government wanted to have a treaty. What's the with name of the movie? The Darkest Hour. Of course. That was huge. Well, anyway, it was on cable and I saw uh, it. So what? I'm just telling you. It came you, out I, like, like two years to, ago. Come on, like, man. That's like going to a movie theater. Uh, yes. That was nominated for an Academy Award, the whole thing. Come on. Yep. And so I saw it. Oh, good for you. So see what you're saying? You don't have to go yeah, to the movie Yeah, nobody theater. cares about that anymore. See, uh, you're, if you want to be topical, you want to be on top of stuff, Right. you got to go out and watch some topical things like movies. So Hello, you did, McFly. You, you did see that movie? Of course. Wasn't that an incredible performance by Alden? Yeah, he's an awesome actor. Can you imagine that the time he must have had to sit in the makeup chair to get the look like that? You can't even tell it was him. You know, my favorite scene is when he goes out into the public and he goes on that train and he starts talking to just the everyday man. You know what about that scene? I thought it was tremendous too, but I Googled it after I saw the movie. Didn't really happen? Didn't really happen. Uh Now, he did go out and talk to the common man. He never went out on a subway by himself. So that's a little bit of Hollywood, my friend. Yeah. A little bit of Hollywood. Did you hear? Now, this has been a while, but, you know, we never talked about this. The opening weekend for Kevin Spacey's new movie. <laughs> that's hard to believe. $126. That was the first day. It opened in eight theaters, but the total weekend gross was less than $500. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yes. How the mighty and powerful have fallen. Somebody get Harvey Weinstein on the phone, quick. You know who Dan Cook is, right? Right. He's 46 years old, and he's taken a lot of heat because he's been in a year-long relationship with a woman. Well, not a woman, a teenager. She's 19 years old. Now, before you come down too hard on Dan Cook, they do have a lot in common because she's not funny either. <laughs> but here, That, that it, was it, a joke, right? Yes, it was. But it poses a serious question because I, I, I think the guy's not funny at all. But here's the question. What do you think is the proper cutoff, the age, where a person between two couples, what, what's the proper cutoff, the age difference? Well, Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, thought it was 13 when he married his cousin. Right. But he was pretty young, too, wasn't he then? Well, no, he was in his 20s. Okay. And she was like 12 or 13. So that's only a difference of a bike. Oh, come on, man. No, Are no. you justifying that? <laughs> no, but I'm saying that's only about a 15-year gap. I'm saying, what's the age gap that should be a cutoff point? Like, here, Dane Cook is 46 and she's 19. That's 27 years. I did that math in my head real so quick. So how old is Rupert Murdoch? He's pretty old, but so's Jerry Hall. Yeah, but there's a good 30-year difference there, I think. So are you going to give me a cutoff? What do you think? I say 30 would be the cutoff. I mean, I love my wife to death, but boy, there are so many beautiful women out there today, aren't there? 
Oh, yes. And it seems like the older I get, the prettier they get. Right. Would her yeah. parents allow you to date her at 16? Tom and Mike. You think Cameron Diaz is kind of hot, right? Yeah. I do, too. And you should see her husband. He looks like he's a mechanic at a truck stop. Really? Nothing wrong with being a mechanic at a truck stop, but... Am I going to have to turn on the Google machine? Yes, you are. (laughs) Google Cameron Diaz's husband. He's shorter than her. He's a little bit overweight. He's not attractive at all. He has a goatee. He's completely tatted up on his arms and I think even his neck. And I don't know. I don't get it. You know, they say... Love is blind. Who else do you think is is pretty mismatched? Oh, as far as the, in the... Yeah, when you look at the couple, I mean, you could say Rick Ocasek and his wife, but they've been together a long time. Well, uh, Rick Ocasek looks like a cockroach to me, <laughs> a big bug. Well, he, he looks like a big bird to me, but they've been married a long time. I don't know, but I have a question for you. Go ahead, buddy. You know, we've heard a lot about making America great again, right? Yep. What do you think really means... To make America great. And if this is true, when was the time period when it was really great, do you think? Was it the 1776 when we started this country? Was it the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s? I don't know when it was. Give me a decade and I'll tell you how many problems we had back then. You know? Right. You know, you go back just to the 80s where we had a president who everybody loved so much. And he, he was a great communicator, but he looked the other way during the AIDS thing. He was for apartheid when South Africa, he finally came around after that. Was that great? You want to go back to the 60s when black people couldn't vote? You want to go back to the late 20s and early 30s when when women couldn't vote? I mean, come on, Thomas. It's crazy, isn't it? I think it's great whenever your life is going super great for yourself personally. But there's always been problems. There's always going to be problems. But to say, like Cuomo did... Oh, it's never been that great. Yeah, I, I don't know. No, it's yeah, been it's great. still you got to understand we're about two hundred and what forty six forty years yeah. forty two hundred forty six years into this experiment called democracy, and I still think it's the best thing out there. Oh, I mean, I love my country. I, the reason I love it, I know you do too, so much, and why we feel so deeply about things is because we see injustices happening still to this day. I mean, I mean, how many black people? Are, are being, you know... Yeah. Being... Oh, you're so depressing. Come on, come on. Give, give me a joke or something. Make the, me laugh. You know, it you makes know. you wonder. We have all these problems, like the weather, that the hurricanes are worse the last couple of years. We've had these firestorms in, in California that are getting bigger and bigger. We're having floods. It makes you kind of think that maybe we are, this country is built on ancient Indian burial grounds, huh? <laughs> well, hello, That's McFly. Right, <laughs> you set me up for that one. Uh-huh. Tom and Mike. You know what makes America great, Thomas? What? Something like duct tape. You know how valuable duct tape is. And you know is. Americans invented duct tape, right? That's right. And you know, just this weekend, I was cutting my grass, and I have a lawnmower that's probably not even a year and a half old. <laughs> and you know, I don't even want to know where you're going with this. <laughs> well, do you know the blade that, fell off? You take you know, no, not the blade. <laughs> <laughs> do you know the long handle that goes from the actual lawnmower to where you put your hands to hold it? You know, the long right. You call, it cracked in half. It just it, it broke. The, Obviously. The, some cheap China crap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and there's just no way you can see. Trump was right. That Chinese steel, it's cheap. That's there's why just, he used it in all his buildings. <laughs> and, there, and there's no way that you can push the lawnmower when that thing's in half. It, it's, just, it's impossible. So I turned it off. I ran inside. I got my trusty duct tape. 
I wrap that baby. I have to put about five yards on that thing. And I'm cutting the grass as good as new. It looks kind of weird with a black lawnmower with a handle all black, but it's all gray duct tape. But what are you going to do? The lawnmower still works fine. It's So duct tape, I mean, I do it for everything. Right now I'm wearing a pair of reading glasses that I've duct taped the frames and the you know thing over your ears because it fell off. But I'm in my own house, so nobody can see it, right? <laughs> Mr. Duct Tape. Do you have do you have a roll in your house? I have several rolls. In so, fact, you might say I have a real duck dynasty here. <laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm telling you, that's one of the greatest things you can have in your uh, little workroom is is a, is a big thing of duct tape. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Right, buddy. You're preaching to the choir. Tom and Mike. Since you're the Mr. Music, I've never. Uh, I gotta think we've we touched on this a couple times, but I want to know what you, Thomas Kent think happened to rock and roll and is it dead yeah i don't think rock and roll's dead i think it's just coming at us in different uh ways we interpret you know contemporary music today and having said that i know like (laughs) you know a lot of people wouldn't consider hip-hop or rap part of rock and roll but it definitely is but you know your generation probably not well that's okay there was just some tremendous music every day a different Great artists was coming. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Credence, the Allman Brothers. I mean, go on and on and on and on. It was great rock and roll. And then we even had bands in the '80s that were just tremendous rock and roll. AC/DC, Guns and Roses, Metallica. Yeah, well, that's a little bit heavy metal. But I'm just talking about pure rock and roll. The Stones, you know, they're great rock and roll. Nothing, nothing is coming on the horizon these days. There's nothing rock and roll. You watch the MTV or the Grammys or something. I can't watch it, Thomas, because there's nothing I identify with. It's all Rock pop. and roll today is more like Maroon 5 and Train. That's not rock and roll. Oh, come on. It's not. Now you sound like an old guy again. I'm just saying. where You're so are, old for 46. Are we ever going to see <laughs> rock and roll again? That's what I want to know. You weren't alive in the 60s. No, but I knew about it. My mother used to tell me. You told me. Yeah, sure. No, seriously. I, I, this is important Rock and me. roll has to survive because otherwise, what are they going to do with that big building in Cleveland? <laughs> well, you know, everything happens in cycles. And, and, you know, I keep thinking that, you know, what's old today is new today or new today is old, that it's going to come back. But I keep thinking Motown's going to come back and it never comes back. So I don't know. You know, it's going to take some super band that's right now playing in some garage in Des Moines or Shaboken or, you know, whatever. And they're going to. Shaboken. Shaboken. Not Shaboken. <laughs> but you know what I mean. And they're going to have to come on the scene and knock our socks off. And everybody's going to say, damn. Right? Right. I thought it was going to be yeah, the answer. I don't think so. I thought it was going to be Music the Music is going to continue to evolve just like everything else. Think about, you know, your parents or your parents' parents, you know, rock and roll to them, even though it was before the term was ever even coined, was. Frank Sinatra, Benny Goodman, all that stuff, right? I mean, I was thinking it was going to be the Hanson brothers, but that didn't, they flamed out, right? <laughs> Remember you told me about that? All right, that? all right. Tom and Mike. What's the real reason why one million grandparents are now raising their grandkids instead of the parents? Did you in see this that country? statistic the yes. other day? Yes. Is that amazing? I know what it is. What is it? I don't want to sound too smart, but uh, it's because of the opioid problem. Yeah, no, I never would have said that. Yeah, I wouldn't have either, but I I read it. and oh, You uh, read it? I, 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 yeah. But, I mean, seriously. I Is mean, it who, that bad? 
I thought it'd even be higher from, from all the press we've been having the last couple of years about this. But isn't that amazing? Blows my mind. I would have thought it would have been the economy. You no, know, it's the because opioid. you know nowadays, if you're uh, a husband and wife and you got a couple of kids, you got to have a couple of jobs each to right. raise them. So who's going to do that? The grandparents, right. right? Yeah. More people working, but more people working more jobs for less money. So they have less time for their kids. Right. But and it's not they that. have it's less your- money for, you know, rent or home ownership or anything like that. And, you know, if you go back like 1929, when there was the depression, Crash. people couldn't afford housing. So what did they do? They moved in with their parents. And right. who raised the grandkids? The parents. Right. Because they had to go out and try to find any kind of money they could. I'm afraid, you know, on the surface, this economy looks really good, but there's that underlying thing. Are these tariffs going to force some kind of huge stock market correction? Is the economy going to go off the cliff? What's going to happen? What's this world coming to? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, that's our podcast. If you're interested, what's this world coming to dot com. This opioid thing kind of caught me off guard because I never knew this was happening right now because I thought, you know, I can remember reading about things happening in the 60s with heroin and stuff like that. But do you think most of these people that are on opioids started because of a medical problem and got hooked? Yes. Or or do you think it's just... Overprescription. But what percentage do you think is just, you know... Young adults looking for a cheap high. Very low. Okay. So you think it's more to do with the prescriptions from the doctor? Yes, absolutely. So, but why is it happening more in like rural Appalachia, places like that, other than poor neighborhoods? That's why I wonder whether, I don't know. I don't know either. What's the answer? The answer is your favorite three-word reply. I don't know. Oh. What the hell did you bring it up for? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Tom and Mike. You're a connoisseur of uh, restaurants, right? Yes, I love fine dining. And you and the lovely Karen are fortunate enough to be able to go out. We had a great night Saturday night. We met a new couple and uh, really hit it off at the Capitol Grill. So let me ask you something, since you're such an aficionado when it comes to Now, this might be hard for you to answer because, you know, you're not the average guy. You know, you're pretty well-to-do. You've got to have had a good life. You make... You know, you've worked hard, you've got a nice income. So for the average guy, what do you think makes a good restaurant to go to take the wife out or the girlfriend? That's really hard because, you know, I don't go to any of the chain restaurants. Some of the chain restaurants I've gone to, I don't really like. Capital Grill, isn't that a chain? Yeah, but it's a smaller chain. It's fine dining. Every one of their restaurants is kind of unique in its own way. That's hard to say, my friend. If I didn't have any money, I'd probably, you know, just go to McDonald's. Well, no, no. You have money. It's just that if you're going out and you want to spend maybe $150, that's a pretty nice, you know, average price for a dinner and, a, you know, to each have a couple drinks and stuff like that if you don't get a bottle of wine. I think that's pretty reasonable, $150 for a night out. But what makes a good restaurant? Is it the ambiance? Is it the service? I'm going to tell you the top three things, okay? okay. For me, number one, got to be great food. Right. Number two, got to be a great atmosphere. Right. Number three, got to be great service. And if you can find a place that can do those three things consistently, then you've got a good restaurant. Right. Those are the places that, unless you're a regular like me at some of these places, I never have a problem getting a reservation. But there's always a line out the door, right? That's what people want. If you really want to know what a good restaurant looks like, Mm-hmm. Just drive by. If 
it's lunchtime or dinner time and you see a lot of cars in the parking lot, that's a good restaurant, right? Yeah. You know, the best time to go to a restaurant you want to go to, but you can't get in a lot of times because it's so crowded is the summertime because people are off on vacation. That's what we found. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I like to sit at the bar at a restaurant. Yeah, I don't like high tops. Sometimes we'll sit at a bar if there's a sporting event because they've got a TV in the bar and we can, you know, watch a game or whatever. But most of the time I like a sit-down table. I, I just don't like high tops. Right. It's, you know, we're sitting in those high chairs. Yeah. It's just not comfortable for me. But so. we just like the bar because uh, you get a better view of everything. It's easier to talk to people, too. One of the nice things about going out to dinner is meeting people and talking. Like this couple you met. Did you meet them at the no, restaurant? No, this is a lady that Karen goes to jazzercise with. So we just met her husband. They've been talking about going out to dinner. And gosh, this guy commutes to Chicago every day, Monday through Thursday, comes back Thursday night, spends the weekend at home, and then gets back on a plane Monday morning. He's been doing that for 25 years. Can you he's believe not that, that? He's not that black DJ, is it? No. <laughs> the, the fly jock. <laughs> that was a long time ago before technology got to be what it is today. What he did going from Chicago to Dallas, he couldn't have done back then. He'd just sit in a studio and be syndicated. He couldn't have done that back then. Yeah, he could have done it, I suppose, but it would have been really expensive. And, you know, they probably would More rather have somebody in the building. You know, I don't know. What was his name? Oh, yeah. What was that guy's name? Tom Bell. Or, uh, no. Uh, uh, he, was well, a, he, he was a black guy. Yeah, right, right, I right. thought it was silly. He got on a plane, would fly to Chicago. Right. To me, that's more expensive, I would thought. They called him the fly jock. Right. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Anyway. I'm going to think of it. 3 a.m., I'm going to call you, okay? <laughs> Tom and Mike.